Hello, welcome to Spotlight, a glow of creative hope in the autumn mists. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, we hear from world-famous wildlife artist Jeremy Paul as he hosts an exhibition of his work at Gallery 42 in Port St Mary. Catch up with LitFest 23 to see how preparations have gone. And hear more from poet Simon Madrill about his award-nominated poem inspired by Nokello Camp. Remember, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you might be involved in your planning, hoping to create, or would really like to put in the spotlight. Poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, mime... It goes on forever, doesn't it? Howard Kane at manxradio.com, spotlight at manxradio.com. I'll read them both. Now, wildlife artist Jeremy Paul, renowned around the globe for his incredible, beautiful work, inspire the wonders of the natural world. You might also have seen his work in miniature, as it were, quite recently, featured on a set of Manx stamps celebrating the island's resident birds of prey. He's also been delighted in recent weeks to announce that the Woodson Art Museum, right the way over in Wisconsin, USA, which holds an annual Birds in Art exhibition, it's one of the preeminent exhibitions of its type, and they've recently chosen one of his paintings to be added to their permanent collection. Quite an honour, I believe. Well, he joined Christy DeHaven on 1-3 to, to chat more about that, the stamps, and his exhibition in Port St Mary. Yes, yes, it opened a few weeks ago at uh, Studio 42, the little framer studio gallery um, down in Port St Mary. Um, so, yeah, do come along and, and have a look. Um, it's got something like 30-odd new paintings, including the... Um, original artwork for this set of stamps that have just come out. <gasps> Lovely. Now, I'm very pleased to say you have the set of stamps I with do. you. Talk yes. us through them then. Yes. What's on the stamps? Well, I was asked to um, to do a new set of birds and I thought, well, there's, there's, they wanted six stamps. There are six birds of prey species which we see regularly on the Isle of Man. So I wanted to concentrate on the sort of the eye of the bird um, because they're, they're just fantastic things to paint, birds of prey. So um, so yeah, I've done these portraits of the the six birds of prey that uh, that can be regularly seen around the island. And I didn't re- I didn't realise there were six. Yeah, it's a convenient number to go on a set of six stamps. So um, <laughs> there are we do get the odd other other species dropping by, but uh, but these are the the resident ones really. So. And yeah. you, you do spend a lot of time out with wildlife, don't you, and sort of observing them. So I, are you a keen bird watcher? Um, yes, I'm. I'm not. I'm not a, a twitcher. You know, mm-hmm. I um, I just go out and if I see something great, um, and it's it's a great excuse. I can pretend I'm working, you know, basically. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm always out, sort of, with my camera. And and here on the island, um, you know, we're so lucky in the 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 range of birds and just the sheer um, number of birds that we can see. I mean, down at Langness, you know, I can I can be down at Langness or the chasms and watching seabirds and things, and then up in the hills within ten minutes of where I live. I mean, it's a wonderful place for for birds. We're very fortunate. We were just talking off yeah. air there, and you're saying, to be honest, when in comparison to many other places, we're very fortunate. Even I think there'd be people who are quite jealous of what we can see here. Yeah, I mean, it it, it really it it there are places in the UK, obviously, which which have lots of birds but um it's just the variety and and in such 
sort of close areas where you can you can find all the all the different things. So, yeah. Well, yeah, if you great. want a little sort of indication as to what you're looking for, then there you go. There's a new set of stamps, and <laughs> you can check them out on there. But I take it the paintings themselves aren't stamp sized, are they? What sort no, of size they're a bit the bigger. Paintings? They're about ten by ten inches. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, no, they they were good to work on, good to paint. I'm really. I mean, it's over a year since I did them. It's a long time ago now. But um, and obviously yeah. you've done that. You've done it before, but I'm assuming it's a very different approach when you're creating artwork for a stamp because of the. Because because of the nature of the dimensions and it, the... yeah, so you, you've got to be careful with the design. You have to mm. have to leave a space for the the value and the the the. It's actually got Charles's cipher rather than his head on it because it was before they had the new the new image to go on the stamp and and you have to make it so the backgrounds are all slightly different um, so the postman or the post post office can know exactly what value it is without really studying it so yeah there's a bit of there's a bit of forethought has to go into it yeah you know, so uh, but they've come out really well i mean i've th- these are i think about the 10th set of stamps i've done it's 25 years since i did the first ones which i found very hard to believe what were uh, the first ones um that was actually a set of owls owl stamps in 1997 my word. Yeah, a long time ago. So um, that's, an, that's another bird I've never seen on the Isle of Man. And I know we have owls. I yeah, have yeah. never seen one over here. Yeah, yeah. I need um, to look harder. They're harder to find. <laughs> that's to probably be fair. Yeah. Yeah, Dif- different times of day yes, as well, yes, I think, probably. Yeah. But if people do want to come down and see the exhibition at Studio 42, what are the sort of opening times down yeah, there? Yeah, th- this week, there's a bit of hiatus this week um, because Eben's away. So um, we're only open... One till three, uh, Wednesday, Thursday. It's actually closed on Friday and then open one till three on Saturday. And then it's back to normal openings, which is Wednesday to Saturday from next week. And it's on until October the 14th. And the lucky people may actually meet you down there because you're playing shopkeeper. I will be... Manning the exhibition, yes, the next couple of days. So, um, yes, if you want to come in and have a chat, please do. We were just talking off air, though, about uh, music, and you are, you're a fan of a particular genre, aren't you? Oh, I'm very much 70s prog rock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good you shout. Know, sort of, yes, gen- the early Genesis. Yeah. Um, Pink Floyd, etc., etc. Oh, I'm sure we can yeah. put some Pink Floyd on for you in a little <laughs> bit, of course. Um, it's wonderful stuff. And we were talking about Roger Dean and his amazing artwork yeah. for albums yeah. and things. Would you ever consider doing something like that, sort of album artwork or anything? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I do quite a lot of licensing of my work anyway. Mm, yeah. um, you know, it's appeared on, I mean, most most successfully on T-shirts, and in which um, actually one of them was spotted on a Rihanna video. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, one of my T-shirts was being being worn by one of her backing dancers on a Rihanna video. That's extraordinary. <laughs> that is extraordinary. It's really weird. You know, I you, you sit and you do this painting in, you know, my little studio in Colby and, and then they sometimes take a life of their own. Um, John Cleese was seen wearing the same T-shirt on The One Show a couple of years ago. What, what was this image? What was it's the image a on lion, the T-shirt? It's a lion, just a portrait of a lion. Um, Jack Black has been seen wearing it. Oh, this, I mean, this is an incredible but the Rihanna, list. The Rihanna video, I mean, my, my daughter spotted it and said, oh, look what I've just found. You know, Amazing. So, yeah. And with things like that, is it, do, do they, does, I, I don't know, would they ever be attributed to you in any way? I suppose it can't be. It's just, it's just the image itself, no, isn't it's it? Just, well, I, I get a little royalty for every T-shirt, basically. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it's oh, done very word. well over the years. So. What an audience. So with yeah. John Cleese's fans, Rihanna's fans and Jack Black's fans. He didn't look very good in it, fans. I have to Did say. You know? <laughs> 
maybe not quite the same as a Rihanna backing dancer, <laughs> no. I'd imagine. No. But that's still quite the, that. What yeah. an achievement! That's amazing. <laughs> and also an achievement which um, we found out about recently through yourself is that you have been selected to be part of a very prestigious collection, haven't you? Tell us about this. Well, there's there's an exhibition that uh, takes place every year in in Wisconsin, which is hardly the centre of the art world, <laughs> um, but it is for bird artists. Um, there's a, a an, every year there's an exhibition called Birds in Art, and it's grown to be the most prestigious um, uh, exhibition for for artists from around the world, and. They have over a thousand entries. You have to submit a painting, and they choose about sixty to be exhibited. I first learnt about birds in art back in 1981 when I was a marine biologist, and I saw the the touring exhibition, which was in London at the Natural History Museum. And I just started sort of painting birds and things, and I thought, I'll, you know, I'll never get into this. But anyway, I I got in for the first time uh, back in 1994. And I thought, oh, wow, I've sort of, you know, I've made it. Um, and then it took another 13 years before I got <laughs> painting selected again. Uh, but since then, I've sort of been in um, quite a few times. And this year, um, I had a painting which uh, was of uh, a lake in Madagascar with some flamingos in it. And heard uh, a couple of weeks ago that they want to add it to their permanent collection, uh, oh, which wonderful. is, a, a, you know, real thrill. Um, that is me. wonderful. So, you know, the, the, yeah. that Jeremy Paul from years back thinking, I might, I, I think I'm going to be a, a wildlife yeah. artist, and now in the permanent collection of that very exhibition. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, I, it, it's quite, when I think about it, you know, it's quite a, quite an achievement and quite a, I mean, it, from, from very early sort of drawings and paintings, which, uh, I mean, I'll be honest, weren't, weren't particularly good to, to what I achieve now, it's... Uh, you know, it's been well. It's been a long, slow progression, shall we say? You know, and so. and why do you think they chose that particular painting, the flamingos? It's it's slightly uh, the the composition is slightly different. It's it's um, looking across a lake, and there's just this line of pinkish white birds going across the middle of it. So it's not your normal sort of portrait of a flamingo. And Jeremy's most recent exhibition on the island is running at Studio Forty Two. Port St Mary, it continues through until October the 14th. Around 35 new paintings there and the originals of the recent Birds of Prey stamp issue. And the artist himself could well be there if you want to have a bit of a chat. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. We heard from poet Simon Madrill last week and how a recent visit to Nokelo Camp outside Peel led to poetic inspiration for a largely uncurated story about the men interned in the massive camp during the First War, some of whom were pictured presenting as women. His poem's already been highly commended in the McClellan Poetry Competition, and you can hear him read the poem on the podcast of last week's Spotlight. I went on to ask Simon about how important it was to him to use his poetry to paint a picture of a more open and inclusive society. Is it important for you as, as a gay guy then to, to sort of, as you say, using poetry, get get the truth out there to the audience? Yeah, well, I mean, I think one of the abiding things for me as a as a as a kid is is not seeing myself anywhere. So, you know, you think you think you're alone. You think what you've got, you know, is something something unique because it's not talked about in school. The only 
representations, you know, for me were Liberace and John Inman, you know, uh, 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 um, you know, and you laugh because that's, that's what we were. That was the role in life, you know, an object of fun and derision that isn't really real or worthy of anything else. So seeing, being able to see successful people being represented for who they were, you know, there could be a debate about language, but, you know, was Wilfred Owen primarily attracted to men? The answer is almost 99% categorically yes. Now, whether, you, whether, whether one should call him homosexual or gay is a, is a different debate, I think. Um, but, so I think not just not just it's important to recognize um to recognize the truth about certain people but equally not to not to put a a filter over things like the photographs so the photographs for example some of the you know yes there are a lot of pictures of men presenting as women on stage but they also chose to dress up as waitresses and ticket collectors. That wasn't a need for the play to exist. You know, there's one, um, you know, very striking photograph of what looks like a a, a married couple um, outside one of the one of the huts. You know, so completely separate from from the theatres. So. There's a lot of evidence, you know, and I quoted some of the evidence too, but um, there's a lot of evidence that points to there being a whole range of reasons why that was the case and and that all of us somewhere are in there. Hmm. You know, you, you probably, hopefully, would recognise, well, I would have been like Gustav or I would have been like Hervig or... Um, you know, I would have been the one that wanted to wanted to recreate that feeling of home. You know, and I would have wanted to flirt like a trooper. So, I, th- I think it's it's important to be able to express that because if you think about it, at the peak, there's twenty four thousand men in that camp. Yeah, it's massive. Now, the balance of probabilities are <laughs> that there was a very large, there was, there was quite a considerable number of what we would now call transsexuals, and there was an even bigger number of gay or bisexual men. And so, you know, and equally there would have been there would have been people of various sexualities that would have been used to performing as women on 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 stage. You know, I know we've got certain people certain people like um like Michael Joseph who like to demonise demonise drag queens but um, and, and somehow separate them from our long tradition of, of of experiencing men dressing up as women and having having a bit of fun. In fact, quite often saucy sexualized fun that children don't notice. But you know that's existed since that's existed since Kingdom Come. And um, for me, the the importance of the poem was was to shine a light on those that whole range of possibilities not trying to pretend that every every woman who dressed as a dressed as a man was a transsexual or was gay sure. but that actually some of them would have been just as some of them were doing it for a laugh would you like to see this this theme and 
explored more actually at, at Nukalo because as you say it's it is very much part of of the of the camp's history yes I would I mean it's uh, for sure I mean I have sent them the I have sent them the poem yeah I was um, going to say it'd be nice to have that perhaps up on display um, yeah. I mean that was you know at the same time I sent it to you so I wouldn't necessarily have expected a a response as yet but um it'll be interesting to see how they how they view it yeah um we all like to be recognized don't we mm. because it validates our own existence and i think i don't think anyone is going to be i don't think anyone's harmed by um reminders that um the diversity of human existence is um isn't a new thing always a pleasure to catch up with simon if you haven't already check out his work online you can always chat to him online as well he's always uh, happy to uh, ping back an email or a text i'm certain and of course you ought to check out the museum at Nakelo. Finally this week, it's almost that time again, would you believe? Litfest 23 gets underway on the 26th of September. That's next Tuesday, if you haven't checked it out. To find out how preparations have been going in the run-up to the first day, I spoke to one of the directors for the festival, Helen Jessup. Has it all been plain sailing? Well, I'm just going to say they've been smooth as anything. <laughs> Nothing has gone wrong at all. We were totally prepared for our headliner to pull out and uh, for all of that to happen. And is that all true? Some of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been fine. I'm really lucky. I've got an absolutely fantastic team behind me and I I couldn't have asked for a great group of people. This is the first year that I've um, taken on the role of director. This is the first year where I've sort of been spearheading a lot of it and they have been brilliant and they've made everything go really, really well behind the scenes and even though we did have a bit of a eek moment when Sophie Hannah got in touch and said she'd cancelled all of her September October events this year um after the initial panic meltdown after that we were like okay so that's that let's concentrate on what we do have going on because we've got loads and loads of brilliant events there's no need to focus in on this one that's uh had a little bit of an upset and and I'm really proud of what we've got left and the festival we've put together and really really looking forward to it. Terrific stuff let's give a little breakdown of what's actually happening outside of like I said the one sort of enforced change there might have been I'm taking the rest of it has gone pretty much as is and as, uh, as people might have seen earlier on. Yes everything else is still happening so we've still got all of the workshops um the poetry night the gin night um Lots of other things going on, something for children, fam, sort of a family event at the family library with children's authors, illustrators. Children can come and do like a, a draw along, uh, come and have some books read to them by these authors we've got coming over. Yes, yeah, so there's still lots and lots going on. So. so opening event, when's that? That is on the Tuesday, so uh, Tuesday, the 26th of September, which feels really, really close It now. is getting close now, yep. Uh, with with the book fanatics quiz and we've got a good load of teams for that now so uh, there's a still a few tickets going for most of the events including that one so uh, if people want to show off how much they know about books or if they just want to laugh you know and show off how how little they know <laughs> uh, it's, that's always a good night and uh, I have been told that the quiz master who is notorious for leaving it to the last minute to put the quiz together has has already started making it this oh, year, well so uh, it should be. Uh, yeah, we, we should have some really really good questions, some interactive rounds going on, and 
it's always such a good laugh. So. And that always pulls in quite a crowd and, like I said, a popular event. What follows on from that on the, uh, the early days? So we've got our sort of what we call Litfest proper with a visiting speaker on the Wednesday with Fiona Lang, who is a gin and food writer who's coming to do an event at Fenodery Distillery up in Ramsey. I can see that being popular. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're a, we seem to be a nation of gin drinkers now. It's it's very popular drink. And Fiona has been all over the world um, visiting distilleries and talking to the people there who run them about what inspires the gin that they're making. And obviously we've got the Fenodery who are making ones that are inspired by the seasons and inspired by folklore. So she's partnered up with those for an evening of, you know, stories about where gin comes from, where it's made, how it's made and the people who are making it. And then there's also a drink on arrival, which is included in the ticket price. And then Fenodery are going to be leading like a sample session as well. So you get a chance to sample some of their uh, more popular gins, which is you know, who could ask got for to, more? It's books and gin. Got to be good, isn't yeah. it? Got to yeah. be good. But actually sort of going into more sort of fact-based things like, you know, like I said, food writing and, and writing in those sort of genres, is this sort of a, a, a new venture from that point of view, trying to broaden it out? So we did have um, a gin writer come over a few uh, years ago who did a book about, you know, like the 100 gins you have to drink before you die sort of book. And that was very popular. But, you know, Sort of those sort of non-fiction writers are few and far between, really, with in ways that we can tie into what we've got over here. So, and and fiction writing is so big that when we're putting feelers out to authors and poets and illustrators, the, the vast majority of responses we get back are from fiction writers, and um, because they're always keen to promote their book, whereas non-fiction writers tend to have a niche and they know that within that niche, it's it's going to sell and coming to uh, a small festival isn't always on the agenda for them because they're not sure that they're going to be able to hit that niche. But obviously with gin, hmm. you can't go wrong. Onto a winner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in the more traditional, like you say, in the in the fiction-based, what have we got coming up there then after the uh, after the gin? So we've got, um, it's mostly the children's authors that we've got now. So Clara Vulliami, who's the daughter of Shirley Hughes, who writes her own books. She's going to be doing a joint event with illustrator Jenny Lovely at the Family Library. Um, Sophie Hanna, who was our headliner, is still doing her masterclass online, but that won't be going into any detail about her books at this point. Um, it's all about how to write books. So if, if you're interested in fiction on that side of things, then we've got plenty of events that are about the writing and about workshopping and the industry itself and getting published um but yeah we've uh it's the rest of the events are mostly around um children's fiction poetry and uh yeah the workshopy mm -hmm. masterclassy type things and then we've got another non-fiction event closing out the festival with elise who's a coastal runner and inspirational speaker and who's written an incredibly funny book about running the coast of Britain while being completely unprepared to do so. And the book's so honest and so funny and you know, she goes into, you know, I, I, I really didn't have any plans to do this and then one day I decided that I was going to do it and I'm scared of cows, but <laughs> I, uh, I did it anyway. And it's, it's a really, really good, funny book. And I think even if 
you know, non-fiction isn't really your thing, it's written in such a way that's really accessible and I think a lot of people will enjoy that and that that seems to be have been quite popular actually that event already we've we again we've got some tickets left but it's sold really well so far and Livefest 23 gets underway next Tuesday the 26th of September runs through until Sunday the 1st of October that's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it whilst tidying your library? Or at least dusting your bookshelves. See you next week when we hear about the Festival of Plays from Madfa 2024. Until then, look after yourselves. Whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.